This is the Real Estate Shop, where each episode will bring you a top industry expert to share their current programs or projects that are making an impact in our communities today. Be sure to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Steve, we've got a great one today. Today we have Sasha Gay Angus. She's the CEO and president of MANA. MANA was established in 1982. They've developed over 1,500 for sale homes and they have a relatively large affordable housing portfolio in, in DC. Uh, prior to joining MANA, Sasha was the senior vice president of development for a national affordable housing development company where she managed a portfolio of over 2,000 uh, mixed income and affordable uh, housing units throughout Pittsburgh and in Baltimore. Um, I think she has a fascinating story and many, many things that um, I wish I knew when I was entering the market. So let's let's listen into how Sasha got, got into the industry and what advice she has for those that are trying to mobilize beyond uh, where they are currently. Take it from here. Thank you. Um, I started out in real estate about almost 20 years ago now, um, you know, working at a small uh, nonprofit organization in Pennsylvania, running um, the real estate program at that nonprofit organization, um, doing uh, a lot of on-the-ground work, you know, um, community organizing, um, you know, uh, working closely um, with uh, many of the banks who at that point in time were looking for CRA credits and were willing to, you know, um, work with low and moderate income home buyers to help them, you know, purchase a home. And at that time, banks were very actively engaged in, you know, infill home ownership. Uh, so, you know, the work that I did at that point in time was, was, Primarily home ownership, development, rehab, and new construction. But broadly, it was really sort of a community development effort where we were looking at um, the Oakland community and figuring out you know, how we might be able to uh, work closely with the landlords to um, ensure that there is code enforcement um, and provide better housing to both the students and low and low and moderate income populations. Frankly, uh, I've always been interested in, um, you know, place and the impact that place had, the experience that it had uh, on people. I'm originally from Jamaica Island, so um, I'm I'm very uh, aware of how living in a certain place, um, a healthy community, the impact it might have on um, the people in those communities. And I saw firsthand how, you know, the difference and uh, on people's lives, the quality of life people had when they lived in a healthy community versus a community, um, you know, that, that was unsafe, um, where there was, you know, violence or where there was housing insecurity. And so I knew from then that one, housing was a key factor to stabilizing people's lives. And two, that the, you know, environment in which people lived had to be improved in order to, 
um, you know, uh, to, to effectuate uh, people's lives. And so it was a natural progression for me. And then uh, you know, briefly tell us about your venture. And I know you had a, a, a lot of different roles along the way. Um, kind of talk about some of those roles and then how that landed you into MANA. And then uh, just, just give us a little overview of, of MANA for the folks who, who have never heard of it. Sure. Um, you know, I, I talked about starting my career fresh out of grad school in nonprofit, and I did that for several years. It was enjoyable, but I really wanted to be a change agent. I wanted to have impact. Um, and the way to do that was to, was to sort of go work for the big guys, right? Um, so, you know, I, I obtained my, uh, my, uh, master's degree in public administration, concentrating um, in uh, neighborhood and community development. But I felt like I needed more real estate experience after my working with the nonprofit. And I ended up, um, you know, being accepted to a fellowship at the University of Pennsylvania through the Center for Urban Redevelopment Excellence, which really exposed me to um, sort of, you know, the broader um, um, you know, uh, sort of multidimensional aspects of urban redevelopment, real estate finance, design, et cetera. Um, that was a two-year fellowship that really uh, then led me to working for some major developers. Um, I like to say that, you know, um, 16 years after my fellowship, I worked for many socially responsible for-profit developers. Um, and each had their sort of unique uh, approach to uh, affordable housing and and uh, an urban redevelopment, community development. Um, but I, you know, did a lot of transaction work um, and learned sort of the technicalities of, um, you know, uh, changing communities. Um, then I, I will say that my most recent experience prior to joining MANA was with uh, another large national for-profit, um, socially responsible development company that really focused on public housing revitalization. I had done some public housing revitalization through Hope 6 um, in the past, and uh, this particular organization was really sort of working on some very comprehensive projects, really taking a comprehensive approach um, in terms of not just, you know, um, you know, rebuilding new mixed income housing, but, you know, also focusing on the people component. How are they, you know, uh, impacting the people outside of just building bricks and sticks? Um, there was a human capital component um, to this comprehensive effort that really, um, you know, helped to build people up, whether it um, was through, what it could be through sort of economic mobility, um, it could be, you know, helping people to address health challenges. Um, oftentimes, it may be um, helping to um, improve uh, early childhood educational experiences for families, and so on. But it really sort of, uh, the work that I did at that point in time was really taking a comprehensive approach to 
to this work and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I gained a lot of technical uh, skills as well as soft skills working with, um, you know, public and private partners. Uh, you know, one day I may be working with uh, residents in the neighborhood, <laughs> you know, sharing a redevelopment plan and asking for their feedback on designs. And another day, you know, I could be sitting at the table, um, you know, with heads of agencies, you know, talking about how we might collectively work together to finance, um, you know, a 20 acre site. So it was a very dynamic uh, experience. Um, you know, we, we also worked with, you know, many lenders and investors and, you know, I felt that I could really take those skills and effectuate change, um, in, in a way that, um, where, where I could see it occur in, in my backyard. I live in Washington, DC, and I've always wanted to work in Washington, DC and in the surrounding uh, communities of Washington, DC. And so I thought that, you know, I would have the ability to really make greater impact, um, you know, if I had more control in decisions. And so um, when, um, you know, the opportunity uh, to join MANA came up, it was a good fit. Um, and, you know, uh, I, um, you know, I, I applied and here I am. What advice would you give someone that's trying to determine whether or not to start a nonprofit development company or, or you know, a private enterprise based off your experience and maybe talk about the differences? Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, my advice would be to know your why. You know, why are you doing this work? Why are you invested in it? And what are you really offering? What is, what is that? you know, one thing or what are those two things that you're good at or what are those things that your organization is good at? And if you can answer those two questions, um, I think um, in a way where um, it feeds, it, it really feeds your, um, you know, your passion, but also your, your, your uh, talent and intellectual capabilities, um, you know, I say go for it. For me, um, you know, passion matters. And I've always be, been passionate about housing. Um, I bring that passion to my work, but I also have um, the training and the experience and what I think um, are the talents to, to, to effectuate, you know, change in communities. So I would say, again, um, know your why and know what you're offering. And in your 20 years of industry experience, what are some of the challenges and obstacles you had to overcome? <sighs> wow. Uh, do you have all day? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Well, I, I would say that in terms of the business, um, affordable housing development is a very complicated and challenging business. Um, the life cycle of projects is lengthy and so many things can go wrong, but also so many things can go right. 
Um, and so, you know, you have to have the wherewithal um, to stick with it. I tend to be a problem solver. I like solving problems um, and I like a challenge. So this is a perfect career for me because there's so many challenges and obstacles that can um, come up uh, from the point that say you identify a site um, that you might want to take down for development um, to you know, um, you know, being able to sell your vision, obtain financing and getting to a closing and building the site, myriad of things can occur. Um, so you have to be tenacious and, uh, you have to sort of, you know, um, know the right questions to ask and know who to go to for professional, um, you know, expertise and, and assistance. Um, I'd also say that, you know, I, I remember the first, my first, I'll never forget my, the first project I closed. It was a, um, it was a 68 unit, um, tax exempt bond deal, um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it was, um, uh, the first phase of a, of a hope six project. And, um, you know, there were times during the course of, you know, executing that project where it felt like the entire project was going to collapse. At that time, I don't even know that I fully understood that, you know, it's tax exempt bond financing. It's not you know, competitive. Um, you just need to complete, a, you know, a, 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 a credible application that meets threshold and checks all the boxes. Um, and you just need to pull together your financing. Um, and you need to be working closely with your finance agency. Um, but, you know, I just would sort of get very bent out of shape when things went wrong and it was um it 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 was it it was lots of highs and lots of lows and i remember my boss at the time said to me you've got to remember a deal dies a thousand times and gets resurrected again and it made sense for me my entire career i've thought about the fact that yes there are many projects that appear to be dying, um, but that, um, you know, there is, there are often many solutions that, that can be applied to, to addressing those problems. And so you just have to, you know, be committed, have the tenacity and, um, you know, know how to, um, you know, uh, resolve those issues. Excellent. So along the journey, uh, Sasha, how important were relationships to you? And did you have mentors at any time to kind of guide you along the process? Yeah, relationships do matter. Um, I will say that, um, you know, in affordable housing, 
um, because affordable housing, uh, number one, it's in huge demand, as we all know. Um, the private industry cannot do um, affordable housing all by, or address the need all by itself. Um, so in many cases, um, you know, we're using tools like the low-income housing tax credit. That's a tool that everyone knows about. But in many cases, um, it really takes, um, you know, partnership with um, quasi-governmental agencies, governmental agencies, um, and of course, with the private sector, whether it be lenders or investors. So you really have to be able to, um, you know, um, really, uh, you know, create those relationships, build those relationships. And also, you know, the truth of the matter is people like to work with folks that they've worked with in the past, that they, um, that they know where they know what sort of business terms they're getting, they know what they're getting into but also that there's a level of commitment to seeing that vision or that project to fruition. And so in that case, you know, there has to be, you know, political will, um, but there has to be, um, you know, a build, building of relationships to, uh, to change communities. Um, I, I will say, what was the other part of the question? I think there, Did you I have any you mentors along the way? Yeah, mentors. Okay. I used to think about. Um, I used to think about that. Uh, you know, I, I used to say to myself, I, "I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had, you know, a mentor." But um, as I reflect on my career over the last twenty years, I must say that I have had mentors. I've had situational mentors. I just didn't realize at the time that's what they were in the moment. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I haven't had, uh, you know, a, a mentor that sort of, you know, tr follows you, at, you know, at every stage of your career um, that you may have a relationship for, with for, for, you know, for a long time and you sort of only work with that mentor. Um, you know, during your career, I've had mentors that I have been able to call on at um, different times, whether it be that um, I'm, I'm learning a, a new program or I'm navigating a new role or I'm thinking about how to make a difference in um, my organization, uh, those mentors have been different people. And each time I've called on them, they've stepped up to the plate. So mentors matter. And for me, situational mentors have been um, a, a good, a good experience. And uh, they've, situational mentors have really helped me to grow in my career. Got it. And as far as as far as manna, tell us about um some of the projects that MANA undertakes. I know, obviously, you're in LIHTC. Um, You guys, I believe you have some supportive services component and probably home ownership. 
what all does Manna have have on his plate right now? What what are they uh, work? What are you working on uh, through the organization? Sure. Well, first I'll tell you that Manna Manna is a nearly forty year organization. Um, we were founded in, founded in nineteen eighty two. Um, we have uh, built almost fifteen hundred for sale homes, and we've helped. Um, you know, um, uh, we've helped almost 2,000 um, home owners, uh, home buyers achieve the dream of home ownership. Um, we have invested over $300 million in Washington, D.C. communities. Currently, we have uh, roughly 500 affordable rental units in our pipeline that is um, waiting to get financed or are in various stages of development. MANA um, has historically worked in Washington, D.C., um, but under my leadership, MANA will become a regional nonprofit developer of affordable housing. Uh, we deliver housing counseling services, and we're already doing that in Prince George's County. Um, we serve households diverse in income and diverse in terms of the type of housing that they're looking for, whether it be rental or ownership. Uh, we are also change agents. We promote home ownership, and we believe that home ownership uh, affordable home ownership is a solution to racial racial equity. Uh, we believe in empowering families to build assets, and through all of that, we revitalize distressed communities. So MANA does a lot of different things, um, and we have multiple business lines: um, affordable de affordable development, uh, you know, um, home ownership counseling. We um, have a training program where we where we help condominiums and and homeowner associations get organized with uh, governance management, uh, etc. We teach them self sufficiency, um, and we also have an affiliated um, construction company that uh, historically has built some of Mana's homes in the past. So multiple business lines there. And we're looking we're, we're looking to expand, uh, not just you know uh, expand and not just doing work in Washington D.C. but throughout the D.M.V. region. Sasha, as, as you um, you know, you just illustrated you got a pretty robust pipeline, 500 units of affordable housing, plans to expand beyond uh, just D.C. proper. Um, how are you balancing you know your your work life? I know that's that's such a uh, cliche work life balance, but it's I think for our, our listeners, it's it's good to hear how executives, how leaders in the industry are kind of managing that uh, to stay effective and efficient in what they do. <laughs> well, I will say that um, balance for me may not be um, consistent. Um, there are periods of time where my work-life balance is very imbalanced on the work side, <laughs> right? 
And then there are other times where um, I try to uh, shift the tide and, um, you know, re take some time to re-energize, uh, rejuvenate. Um, I try to st- start my morning by reading for 20 minutes, um, either reading uh, the Washington Post or the Business Journal um, or whatever book I'm reading at the time. Um, if I have enough time, I try to jump on my Peloton and do a, you know, 20 minute ride or so. Um, and for me, that's balance. For me, just being able to carve out, um, an hour or 45 minutes, um, for myself before I start work, uh, in the morning helps me in my flow for the day. Um, so it it really just, you know, it's really all about, you know, managing, managing, um, the work. Um, and you know, when it's a busy time, we're just rolling up our sleeves and going. And when there's a lull, I take a breath. Um, and you know, we keep going. That's that's good food for thought. Um, you know, everyone's always trying to model after uh, people that are getting it done. So I, I imagine that's that's going to be a roadmap for for someone or um, a, a few. If if you were to change anything in terms of your, if you look back to your career trajectory, uh, coming from Jamaica, getting into the development, doing a private public route, is there anything you would change? I would change nothing. I would change nothing. Um, Every experience that I've had, every experience has prepared me for the next experience. Um, And as I I look back on it, um, I know that's exactly what happened. Um, Even the challenging circumstances, um, you know, even being called, you know, a pompous ass. Um, you know, even, you know, uh, just, I've had a myriad of experiences, you name it, but it's, it's all sort of, you know, prepared me, sharpened me, tested me. Um, and, um, it's all brought me to, to where I'm supposed to be and where I am right now, which is at Mana Inc. Nice. So for those that are listening, uh, that are looking to get into the business, what is your number one uh, piece of advice that you would give professionally or business-wise to those who are, who are looking like, hey, you know, how could I be the next Sasha? <laughs> you know? um, number one. Yeah, I think that was the question. I mean, my, you know, I think that was, um, I think that that was my the response I had to that earlier question, which is really just knowing why you're why you're in this field. You know, what is it that motivates you? What is it that drives you? And knowing what what it is that motivates you, that gets you up in the morning every day about the work that you do, sort of directs the path for your career, in my mind. Um, and then you've got to figure out how you can you know, knowing what you're good at and, and really using what you're good at to, um, 
grow, to help you grow and, and evolve? I know that's a broad, that's sort of a soft answer, but that's, that's really the way I see it. I see, um, you know, that, that people's growth really starts from within. Um, and that's, that's where I have, um, always sort of, you know, looked to, to, to develop my, my career. That's not a great answer. I hope you edit some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Another day at the shop. Content they can't get anywhere else.